You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Except our brothers and sisters in sin. It's tragic. Now, we go to a brother or sister. We go to a brother or sister who is in sin. You know this. You know what Jesus said about it. You better be prepared. You better take the railroad tie that's sticking in your eye out first before you can clear the speck in your brother's eye. That great big log you got hanging out of there because of your sin. You mean you better make sure that you are clean. That you have been to the Lord, you've prayed, you've fasted. Have you ever noticed a brother or sister in Christ struggling? In an act of love, you probably wanted to help them in any way you could. But with this desire to help, Pastor Dave will remind you of one important thing to keep in mind. When you go to talk to a brother or sister, you must first examine yourself for sin. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of Judges chapter 21 as he continues his message, And So It Ends. Millions upon millions of young children have been killed because of abortion. And we accept it. It's become part of everyday life. It's eroding the fabric of this nation. It's eroding away. The, the, the destruction of the family. It's, it's, it's horrid. So, in order to beat Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, they declare war on Israel. They declare war on Israel. They're going to be the ones. See, what's happening here is a direct result of not following the word of God. It's a direct result of not following God's word, God's commandment. When we choose to go our own way, there is a way that seems right to a man. It leads to death. There's a way that seems right. Oh, this looks like the right way. This looks like the right path. Oh my, have you consulted the Lord? When we don't go God's way, the result is usually tragic. Again, we see it happening in our own country. We've left God out. We are ignoring him. We're shutting him out of our daily life as a nation. Likewise, the spiritual life of a church can be crippled and eventually destroyed when we as a congregation close our eyes on sin. There can never be unity among God's children as long as sin is covered up or ignored. It will affect the body and eventually destroy it like a cancer. As we read now, 18 through 40, we see this fight that takes place. We see this fight that takes place. Then the children of Israel arose and went up to the house of God to inquire of God. They said, which of us shall go first to battle against the children of Benjamin? The Lord said, Judah first. So the children of Israel rose in the morning and encamped against Gibeah. The men of Israel went out to battle against Benjamin, and the men of Israel put themselves in battle array to fight against them at Gibeah. Then the children of Benjamin came out of Gibeah, and on that day cut down to the ground 22,000 men of the Israelites. 
the people, that is, the men of Israel, encouraged themselves again, formed the battle line at the place where they had put themselves in array on the first day. The children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until evening and asked counsel the Lord, saying, Shall I again draw near for battle against the children of my brother Benjamin? And the Lord said, Go up against him. So the children of Israel approached the children of Benjamin on the second day. And Benjamin went out against them from Gibeah on the second day and cut down to the ground 18,000 more of the children of Israel. All these drew the sword. Then the children of Israel, that is, all of the people, went up and came to the house of God and wept. And they sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until evening, and they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. So the children of Israel inquired of the Lord, the ark of the covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days, saying, Shall I yet again go out to battle against the children of my brother Benjamin, or shall I cease? And the Lord said, Go up, for tomorrow I will deliver them into your hand. Then Israel sent men in ambush around Gibeah, and the children of Israel went up against the children of Benjamin on the third day and put themselves in battle array against Gibeah as the other time. So the children of Benjamin went out against the people and were drawn away from the city. They began to strike down and kill some of the people as the other times in the highways, one of which goes up to Bethel and the other goes to Gibeah. And in the field, about 30 men of Israel. And the children of Benjamin said, They are defeated before us as at first. But the children of Israel said, Let us flee and draw them away from the city to the highways. So all the men of Israel rose their place and put themselves in battle array at Baal Tamar. Then Israel's men in the ambush burst forth from their positions in the plain of Geba. And 10,000 select men from all of Israel came against Gibeah, and the battle was fierce. But the Benjamites did not know that disaster was upon them. The Lord defeated Benjamin before Israel. And the children of Israel destroyed that day 25,100 Benjamites. All these drew the sword. So the children of Benjamin saw that they were defeated. The men of Israel had given ground to the Benjamites because they relied on the men in ambush whom they had set against Gibeah. The men in ambush quickly rushed upon Gibeah. The men in ambush spread out and struck the whole city with the edge of the sword. Now the appointed signal between the men of Israel and the men in ambush was that they would make a great cloud of smoke rise up from the city, whereupon the men of Israel would turn in battle. Now Benjamin had begun to strike and kill about 30 of the men of Israel, for they said, Surely they are defeated before us as in the first day of battle. But when the cloud began to rise from the city of a column of smoke, the Benjamites looked behind them, and there was a whole city going up in smoke and in heaven. Oof. So they go out and they go to Shiloh and they consult with the Lord to seek his mind. They're all before him. God gives them permission once again to go to battle. He tells them that Judah will lead the attack. The lion will lead the attack. And on the first day, 22,000 soldiers die of Israel. They're killed. They can't understand. They go back and they're weeping. They're weeping to the Lord. But notice all of a sudden there's a turn in their voice. Notice in verse 23, a change. Because not only now are they just the tribe of Benjamin, but there's something different. Saying, shall I again draw near for battle against the children of my brother Benjamin? So all of a sudden now, they realize whom they're fighting against. Brother against brother. Judah, Benjamin, Manasseh. Ephraim, Dan, you know, the whole 12 tribes, they were brothers. 
They were all born to their father Jacob. They were brothers. So now you have brother fighting against brother. And they real like that. Many think this is why God allowed the first battle or so to go that way. So that they would think about fighting their brother and that they would reflect upon it. What are we doing? The second day, same as the first. 18,000 men total. 40,000 men are killed. 40,000 men are killed. And then they go before the Lord. They go with fasting. They go with sacrifices. And they go with tears. And now the Lord says, okay, I will give them into your hand. It's interesting here that after the Exodus... A couple of things. The first census revealed that there were about 35,400 men of war in Benjamin. You can read that in Numbers 137. In Numbers 26, 41, there was a second census, and by that time they had increased to 45,600. After this three-day war, we're going to read the end of it, and we're going to see that there were only 600 left. 600 men left. Let's finish. And when the men of Israel turned back, the men of Benjamin panicked. For they saw the disaster had come upon them. Therefore they turned their backs before the men of Israel in the direction of the wilderness. But the battle overtook them. And whoever came out of the cities, they destroyed in their midst. They surrounded the Benjamites, chased them, and easily trampled them down as far as the front of Gibeah toward the east. And 18,000 men of Benjamin fell. All those were men of valor. And they turned and fled toward the wilderness to the rock of Rimnon. And they were cut down, 5,000 of them, on the highways. And they pursued them relentlessly up to Gibdon. And killed 2,000 of them. So all who fell in Benjamin that day were 25,000 men who drew the sword. All these were men of valor. But 600 men turned and fled toward the wilderness and the rock of Rimnum. And they stayed at the rock of Rimnum for four months. The men of Israel turned back against the children of Benjamin and struck them down there at the edge of the sword. From every city and beast, all were found. They also set fire to all the cities they came to. Quite a defeat here. Quite a feat here. All because they refuse to obey the law of the Lord. All because they refuse to obey God. All because they were headstrong and everybody did what was right in their own eyes. They didn't want to follow God. I see that happen all the time. Now, we're not killing each other, praise God, not yet. But I see Christian brother fighting against Christian brother. We're fighting against Christian brother because we're not seeking the Lord. We're not following the Lord. And we're fighting against each other. Did the Benjamites have it coming? I don't know. The men of Gibeah certainly had it coming. The men of Gibeah were guilty. But see, the men of Benjamin should have given up their brothers as guilty. Like, how do you think Joshua felt when he had to go and look at all the people? And he had to go through after the defeat of Ai. And he had to go by and he had to choose. And the Lord showed Achan. And he had to draw Achan out and his family. And they had to kill them all. How do you think Joshua felt? But it was the Lord's way of cleansing Israel because from that time, Israel never experienced defeat again. But they had to get rid of the sin. The Benjamites wouldn't give up their people. They wouldn't give up for the sin. They, they accepted the sin. They accepted the sin. And it's tragic what happened. Tragic what happened. When we accept sin in our lives, it's tragic. When we accept our brothers and sisters in sin, it's tragic. Now, we go to a brother or sister. We go to a brother or sister who is in sin. You know this, You know what Jesus said about it. You better be prepared. You better take the railroad tie that's sticking in your eye out first before you can clear the speck in your brother's eye. That great big log you got hanging out of there. 
Because of your sin. Man, you've got to make sure that you are clean. That you have been to the Lord. You've prayed. You've fasted. You've sacrificed and accepted Christ. You're following the Lord. You've got to make sure you're clean before you go to a brother. If not, you end up in a mess. Because the first thing they're going to say is, don't judge me, brother. But you come in love. So as we finish this out, we're going to read the 25 verses in chapter 21 and finish this out and end this time. It's kind of crazy. Because now, beginning in, verse 20, in chapter 21, verse 1, Now the men of Israel had sworn an oath in Mizpah, saying, None of us shall give his daughter to Benjamin as a wife. Then the people came to the house of God and remained there before God till evening. They lifted up their voices and wept bitterly and said, O Lord God of Israel, why has this come to pass in Israel that today there should be one tribe missing in Israel? Benjamin was missing. They had completely wiped them out almost. They had completely taken their own out. And so it was the next morning that the people rose up early and built an altar there and burnt offerings, offered up, and peace offerings. The children of Israel said, Who is there among all the tribes of Israel who did not come up in the assembly to the Lord? For they had made a great oath concerning one who had not come up to the Lord of Mizpah, saying, He shall surely be put to death. And the children of Israel grieved for Benjamin their brother and said, One tribe is cut off from Israel today. And what shall we do for wives for those who remain, seeing we have sworn by the Lord that we will not give them our daughters as wives? And they said, What one is there from all the tribes of Israel who did not come up to the Mizpah to the Lord? And in fact, no one had come up to the camp from Jabesh Gilead to the assembly. For when the people were counted, indeed, not one of the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead was there. So the congregation sent out there 12,000 of the most valiant men and commanded it, saying, Go and strike the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead with the edge of the sword, including the women and children. And this thing they did shall do. You shall utterly destroy every male and every woman who has, not, who has known a man intimately. So they found among the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead 400 young virgins who had not known a man intimately, and they brought them to the camp at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan. Then the whole congregation sent word to the children of Benjamin who were on the rock of Rimmon and announced peace to them. So Benjamin came at that time and they gave them the women that they had saved alive from the women of Jabesh Gilead, and yet they had not found enough for them. And the people grieved for Benjamin because the Lord had made a void in the tribes of Israel. Then the elders of the congregation said, What shall we do for wives for those who remain, since the women of Benjamin have been destroyed? And they said, There must be an inheritance for the survivors of Benjamin, that a tribe may not be destroyed from Israel. However, we cannot give them wives from our daughters, for the children of Israel had sworn an oath, saying, Cursed be one who gives the wife of Benjamin. Then they said, In fact, there is a yearly feast at the Lord, for the Lord in Shiloh, which is north of Bethel, on the east side of the highway that goes up from Bethel to Shechem in the south of Libbona. Therefore, they instructed the children of Benjamin, saying, Go, lie in wait in the vineyards and watch. Just when the daughters of Shiloh come out to perform their dances, then come out from the vineyards and every man catch a wife for himself and the daughters of Shiloh, and then go to the land of Benjamin. Then it shall be when their fathers or brothers come to us complain that we will say to them, Be kind to them for our sakes, because we did not take a wife for any of them in the war, for it is not as though you have given the woman to them at this time, making yourselves guilty of your oath. And the children of Benjamin did so, 
and they took enough wives for their number, those who were danced, whom they caught. Then they went and returned to their inheritance, and they rebuilt the cities and dwelt in them. So the children of Israel departed from there at that time, every man to his tribe and family. They went out from there, every man to his inheritance. In their days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. <laughs> this is maddening. This is absolutely maddening. I mean, you read this stuff, it's like, what the heck? So tempers cool down and the 11 tribes say, hey, wait a minute. What about the tribe we almost eliminated? We're going to cry. That's a good thing. Crying for their brothers, that's a good thing. They offer sacrifices to the Lord, but there's no record of them humbling themselves or seeking the Lord or confessing their sin and even seeking the Lord's help. The people of Benjamin had not confessed their sin either. They still hadn't admitted any wrong. Even the 600 stranded soldiers were not seeking the Lord. They just ran away. Instead of seeking the Lord's wisdom, once again, the remaining tribes devise their own plan. The 600 men need wives. Let's replenish the tribe. But the other tribes said, we can't give them our woman. Hey, who didn't come up to fight? Ooh, Jabesh Gilead. Let's go down and take their women. This gets, this is just bizarre. I mean, it really is. These last three chapters drive me crazy. They're bizarre. And since they didn't participate it, they're not part of the oath, so we can do that. Hey, they deserve to be punished anyhow. They didn't participate in the war. What kind of logic is this? I'll tell you what kind of logic is this. Whatever seemed right in your eyes. That's what kind of logic it is. Believe me, folks. I can rationalize anything I do. And you know what? Most of the time, I can go to the Bible and twist it and make it rationalize anything I do also. We rationalize our sins so easily. So 400 got wives. I wonder how they chose which got a, who got a wife and who didn't. There's 600 of them there. Can you imagine other guys said, what are you going to do, stay on this rock? What about us? Well, we have another plan. Let's seek the Lord. Nah, we're not going to seek the Lord. We're going to do it this way. This is nuts. They said, you guys got to go down to Shiloh, and when the women come out to dance, go kidnap yourself a babe. Get your bride. This is crazy. You need... And, and they're rationalizing. Well, if we do this, we're not going to be accused of breaking our own law. See what happens when we start getting away from the Lord, when we're not seeking proper counsel? We do anything. Anything at all. The land was in chaos. It was bloodied. It was confused. It was beaten and living in wickedness. Why? There was no king. The king was supposed to be God. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. When I do not remember that Jesus is my king, I do whatever is right in my eyes. When I don't put the Lord in his proper place in my life, I can do anything, folks. And if you're sitting there thinking today, I couldn't do that, don't say that because the human is capable of doing anything. Anything. If I don't put Christ where he belongs, chaos can rule my life. I can become battered and bruised as if I've been to war. It can happen. It's not what is right in our eyes that matters. It is right in the eyes of God that matters. You call yourself a Christian, we must follow God's word. We must follow his command. What can we learn from studying this book of Judges that we've just been through? Well, I've got a couple of things here. We can go through them. First of all, God is looking for servants. Are you available? Secondly, God rules. He's in complete control of all things. Thirdly, God gives leaders nations that they deserve. That's a scary one. 
God gives leaders nations that they deserve. We saw that. God forgives graciously, and he will begin to help us again, restore us. See, restoration is one of God's strong points. He loves to restore. He loves to restore. God's word stands in spite of our unfaithfulness. God's word will always be true, whether we believe it or not, or whether we're faithful to it or not, it will always be true. God uses human government to accomplish his will. When God's people are unspiritual, decay occurs. Look at our nation. God doesn't always tell the whole story all at once. God blesses those who live by faith. And God's story is not complete. He's still using it. There's no king in Israel today. Do you know why? Why isn't there a king in Israel today? Luke 19, 14 says, when the people were yelling for Jesus to be crucified, they let Barabbas go, and the people said, this man will not reign over us. Remember in the, in, when they came in for the triumphal entry, they were declaring him king? Pilate says, are you a king? Shall I let this man go, Jesus, the king of the Jews, or Barabbas? You know the story. There's no king in Israel right now. But there will be. There will be. There will be. People are constantly rebelling against God, doing whatever they do and whatever pleases them. It will continue to happen until the King of Kings returns. And when the King of Kings returns, take some names. Children of God, those who are born into a living hope, we don't live by the book of Judges. Praise God. There's a wonderful book that we're coming into. It's called the book of Ruth. And it's interesting note that the story of Ruth takes place during the time of the judges. The beautiful story of Ruth takes place in the time of judges. It's a love story, a story of redemption, a story of harvest. And through faith in Jesus Christ, all of God's children share in this beautiful love. We belong wholly to him because he's redeemed us by the blood that he shed on the cross. And we're laborers in this great harvest. We live in a world today that is extremely similar to the time of the judges, where everyone is doing right in their own eyes. God is forsaken and he's pushed aside. Everybody does what they think is right, whether it's legal or not. So let me ask you, are you living in a book of judges or do you want to live in the book of Ruth? Because I believe that we want to live in the book of Ruth. Because what we're going to learn there is nothing more than an absolutely amazing and wonderful picture of our Savior Jesus Christ. He made it through. And so it ends. And so it ends. The book of Judges. It was an interesting ride, but it ends. I purposely went through those last two chapters at a blitzing speed because I didn't want to spend a lot of time on it. I mean, I spent too much time on chapter 19, and it was just blech. The chapters, these two chapters where we just got through them, and we can glean out of it what we want. We'll take some time in Ruth, and we'll have a great time. You are when God raised up judges to bring the people of Israel back to himself, he did it in unusual ways. He chose a variety of men and women, strong and timid alike. These judges were given tasks to show God's power to the Israelites and the enemy, and God accomplished his goals in an unexpected fashion each time. 
God can and does use creative ways to reveal who He is, proving that He's the only one who could have made it happen. As you follow God and learn to rely on Him, He will reveal Himself to you as well. It may not be in the ways you'd normally expect, but you can be sure it will be in the way God knows best. Are you praying for God to move in your life? We'd be happy to come alongside you and support you with prayer as well. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. We are pleased we're able to bring you teachings from God's Word on each new edition of Assure Hope. If you'd like to hear more from this series in the book of Judges, visit assurehoperadio.com. There are several teachings on various books of the Bible available online for download, and we encourage you to share them with friends and family. That's all we have time for. Thanks for tuning in to our message today. May God bless you as you continue to study His Word. Pastor Dave will continue to walk verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Judges when you join us next time, right here on Assure Hope.